You're listening to the Healthy and Thriving Career Moms podcast, where every week you will learn about healthier habits and hacks to create and support a healthy and thriving lifestyle as a busy mom. I'm your host, Wendy, and I truly believe that the best gift you can give to your family and the world is a healthy, thriving you. Let's dive in. So hi, lovely, and welcome back to episode four of season three of the Healthy and Thriving Career Moms podcast. First up, thank you for your incredible feedback from last week's episode. I did pour my heart out a bit to you. So I'm just so grateful that the message resonated. So many of you have been reaching out to say, oh my goodness, I'm totally feeling the same way. Thank you for keeping it real. And and that's the point of this series, the Inspiring Mum series. I think we inspire other mums when we are vulnerable and we are real. So thank you. The episode landed as I'd hoped. And I'm just so grateful for you, for this community, for everything. And thank you. I've had an outpouring of incredible reviews, a huge bump up in reviews this last week. So thank you so much for taking the time. I know you're busy. So to actually go and click on that button and write the review and hit the five-star rating. Thank you. Thank you so much for taking the time to do that. Right, let's get stuck into today's episode. And I am super excited for my guest for you today, the incredible Dr. Erica Good. So Eric and I know each other through our Arbonne businesses. But what I've always been so impressed about Erica is that she's just got such an incredible story from going from burnt out GP. She's also, she still practices as a GP, but she's also an aesthetics doctor. She has an Arbonne business. She's a mum of three and she's got quite a varied age of kids. So she's going to talk more about what that looks like in terms of, you know, her career and, you know, going through her relationships, her divorce, remarriage, all the things. So, so many juicy subjects that we cover today, including perimenopause and all sorts of things. So I cannot wait for you to hear from Erica. So without further ado, let's jump in. So hi, everyone, and welcome to today's episode with the gorgeous Erica, who is like my girl crush GP doctor friend, who is like super hot, super smart, super just everything. I love this woman. And I'm so excited for you to hear from her today. Welcome, Erica. Thank you. What an intro. Super hot and super smart. I've got a lot to live up to that. Oh, you totally will. I don't, you know, I'm just going to start saying, you need to go follow this woman on TikTok. She is killing it. She is brilliant. She is, makes me, she cracks me up every day. But seriously, just like, tell me, like, how do you, yeah, how do you do it all? Like, this is the podcast for healthy and thriving career moms. I feel like you're just the epitome of that. So talk to me about sort of your background. Who are you? Like, how many kids do you have? What do you do? All the stuff. I've already alluded to the fact that you're a GP, but tell me all the stuff. Okay, yeah, I think a lot of people look from the outside and do think, wow, how do you do it all? But actually, I would say I'm not as busy as it might seem. And kind of five, six years ago, I was a lot busier and a lot more stressed out than I am now. And I think it's all just to do with finding things that make you happy and finding your real passion. So, yeah, my background is in medicine. I'm a GP. Um, been a GP for a really long time shows my age like over 16 years quali- fully qualified as a GP you um, that you wanted to be a doctor yeah basically from a, a young child like about four or five I had a bit of a fascination with blood and also just this thing in me that I wanted to help people feel better and I remember saying I want to help people feel better and so my mum said why don't you be a doctor that's what doctors do and doctors earn loads of money you can buy one of these really nice houses <laughs> you know 
Isn't that so funny? Like it's changed so much though now because like you would actually say don't go into medicine. Like it's such a hard <laughs> career. Like, but because my grand my grandfather was a doctor, and so much of my family are in the medical profession. But my grandpa certainly wasn't wealthy, and he just seemed to spend all his time being out on call helping people. Which is actually what doctors are there to do, obviously. Yeah, I mean, things have changed lots because when I was little, it was. The, the nicest houses in the, the town that we lived in were owned by doctors, but actually doctor salaries are much the same now than they were like 40 years ago. It hasn't changed, but inflation has changed so much. Um, and I came from just a very normal family. Um, my mum was single mum. She worked really, really hard. And I get a really good work ethic of her, I guess. Yeah. So this kind of, this idea of being a doctor was really instilled in me. So I thought, yeah, this is great. This is a great career. This is what I want to do. And I I worked really, really hard. I worked my butt off because it didn't come naturally to me. So I kind of went straight through schools, A-levels, uni, and then started practicing as a doctor. I didn't really actually love being attached to a bleep. I had these big ideas when I was younger of being um, some huge high-flying doctor in Great Ormond Street because I loved kids and I wanted to do pediatrics. But then once I got hold of a bleep and that attachment and, and being on call all the time back then, because we used to, used to work really, really long on call hours, it's changed slightly now. Um, I thought I can't wait to get rid of this. So ended up completely switching and going down the GP route, thinking that it would be more suitable to family life because I always wanted my own children. So yes, I kind of, I met my now ex-husband <laughs> whilst I was working as a junior doctor switched over to do go down the GP route kind of got married fairly young I guess I got married at 25 and had my first daughter at 27 just a few months before I completed my GP training and then yes you started working as a GP so never really had kind of a year out what just went through everything it's very similar to my story actually I got married at 25 but like you I, well, I'd, I didn't have sort of, well, these people who used to go on gap years, I was like, I'm so jealous. Like we just, as a family, couldn't financially afford for that. Like I was like, get in, get out, get earning, get paying for student loans, go. Like it was just back to back to back. So yeah, I feel like I, I really sort of hear that and hear that story mm-hmm. of just going from one thing to the next. Exactly. It, it, yeah, it was exactly that. And I guess I got to a point in my life where I just thought, oh, this isn't, this isn't quite what I thought it would be. Um, I had a, a second child and just got to the point where I realised that I'd lost myself. I'd given up like so many hours to, to medicine. It's a really stressful and emotionally draining job, you know, missing out on kind of bath time and bedtime with my kids. And I realised as well, my marriage wasn't great. I kind of, I, I think I'd got married too young and at a point in my life, probably where I just needed, I needed a father figure in my life <laughs> and that kind of fell into marriage. Um, so there was, yeah, there was a point about, I'd say probably about seven, eight years ago where I was really unhappy and I just woke up one day and I thought something has to change. And the first thing I did is decided that I didn't want to be in that marriage any longer. So made a decision yeah. to end my marriage. Um, and, you know, that that was, that was a tough decision. So I know there's probably lots of women that go through that. And I think so easily we can find ourselves in life just going through the motions. Uh, and then children are thrown into the mix. And then you have all this guilt and feel like 
you've got to kind of stay in a certain place. But I, I realized that I was still young, you know, I was in my, I was mid thirties and I thought, gosh, you know, there's, there's so much life ahead of me. And, and when the children have gone, you know, what, what then am I going to have? I'm just, I'm not happy. I, I've completely lost me. So I, I have to put myself first. And that was the first point in my life where I was just like, no. That's so incredible and so brave because having also had a single mom who left an unhappy marriage and I saw like how she always put everyone in front of her. Like I feel like that example to me was like, no, it sounds selfish to say put yourself first, but I totally know what you mean in that. It's like, you've got to find the joy. And I know you're all about helping people get their mojo back. Like that is your thing. Mm-hmm. Because I think we, I think we love to teach and help people do the thing that we needed. Like for me, I, when I became a mom, I really struggled with the juggle of like having my business and career, but also the fact that I was so grateful to be a mom and I needed someone who could help me give me like tips and tools and tricks for my career, but also to help me with my health. So I was like, I, I needed a me, I needed a me back then. So I, I filled the gap for the me, but you, you'd lost your mojo. The light had gone out for you and you've yeah. become that hope giver for people now. Um, I'd like to think so. So, uh, yeah, I think you're right. We do want to kind of help people that have been through the same journey as us. So and that doesn't mean that everyone's got to get divorced, by the way. (laughs) I'm not promoting divorce. (laughs) We kind of skipped over that. But how was that? I mean, as hard as a divorce can be. But but was it was it amicable or was it really difficult? Like it was hard. It was a horrible time. I'm not going to lie, because. It was, it was my decision and it, and it wasn't received quite so well, but I just knew that it, that it would be the right decision going forward. And for, for my children, I had got so unhappy and I didn't want to set that example for them. I didn't want them to see an unhappy mom. Uh, and I was often snappy and with the children. Yeah. And I think yeah. sometimes people think you've got to stay together for the kids and that's the right thing to do. And I think you have to do what's right for you. But personally, I just think, I mean, I remember saying to my mom, please divorce dad. Like I begged her to divorce my biological father because I was just like, you're so bad for each other. Yeah. I hated living in that environment. That's right. I think, you know, we always want to put our children first and it's working out what, yeah, what's right for them, but what's right for you. So yes, fast forward, I got divorced, was on my own. Um, but then I realised you know, I was still unhappy in my job, obviously needed to earn a good income. So stayed plodding along. Then I met someone else, my now husband. <laughs> so I've, I've remarried. Um, and you about- just celebrated your anniversary, haven't you? Just a few days ago. Yeah, uh, last week, three years. Oh. So mm-hmm. yes, I, I met my husband. Um, and then, you know, we went through all that kind of honeymoon phase. And then it, probably about a year in, I realised that actually I was still really, really unhappy in my job. And that was the next thing that I needed to look at changing because, yeah, I was missing bath time and bedtime. I was often coming home really, really late, tearful. Um, and again, that was that there was still a bit of me that was missing. Mm. Um, and I, I spent ages looking at what else I could do because, you know, like I said, I'd just gone through life just wanting to be a doctor. And that's all I knew. I was in like this little kind of bubble of medicine. I didn't really know what other people can, did jobs on the outside world. I can resonate with that so much. I remember I call it my like midlife crisis, but at 29 where I was like you, I 
like obviously a different career, but I worked my way up the corporate ladder. I was in this really high flying corporate job doing really well. And I was just like, so scared to admit to everybody how miserable I was, how I felt so trapped by that. You know, I'd done everything right. Like you, I'd done all the steps and followed the system and I just felt so trapped. And obviously that was when I started my Obon business. And I feel like for me, that was such a glimmer of hope because it was like, okay, there are other options out there. It doesn't have to look the way that you think it needs to look. Mm, absolutely. There is so much guilt attached. I remember feeling so guilty, you know, I'd worked so hard to get to where I was and so many people around me are so proud that to have a doctor in the family, it was a big thing. And to actually admit that I wasn't loving it. Um, so yeah, I won't go into all the ins and outs, but cut long story short, I, I started an album business as well, which is how we know each other. Um, but what that did is it introduced me to this whole world of personal development, but also really learning about gut health. And I think that the thing that attracted me to this business was that actually that it was quite aligned with lifestyle medicine, like preventative medicine. So for me, it was it was another way to help people because, you know, I said the reason I went into medicine was because I wanted to help people. And this for me was something that I was able to start up with the potential to give me time back and with the potential to help me cut my hours and still bring in some yeah. money, which was important. Um, but also, you know, help people with promoting health. Because that must just be... Because I, I mean, again, I'm going to have a proper soapbox moment here, but this must be such a bugbear for you as a GP. People come into you, they're sick, they're unwell, they want medicine, which is your job as a general practitioner to prescribe, but you must just want to sit there. I mean, you've got 10 minutes. So how the heck do you say, right, actually, the reason you might be depressed, anxious, have these skin conditions, whatever it is, is because you're not looking after your gut health. And like, but you you can't sit there. I mean, how, it must be so frustrating for you when you know so much about why people get ill. And then you're in the system of the NHS where it's absolutely collapsing, but we're not doing enough to educate people on preventative measures. So mm. then they don't have to come to the GP and overwhelm the practice. So yeah. um, you're smiling. If anyone can see her face right now, she's like, yep, welcome <laughs> to my world. <laughs> it is extremely frustrating. But what I would say, actually, through this business is the skills I've learned, I do transfer to consultations with my patients now. Um, and if I do have a little bit more time, then I can... Um, I, I am able to educate people a bit more on gut health. I think I prescribe a lot less, especially in the way of antidepressants now than I ever used to. Um, That's interesting. I'm able to share a lot of the things that I've learned. So, you know, whether that's mindfulness techniques, books I've read, podcasts I've listened to. Really? That's amazing. I would love to have you as my GP if I come in <laughs> and say, help me. And you'd be able to do that for me. Yeah, it's been really useful. So this, you know, having this extra business has helped me in so many ways, not just personally. I feel it has made me a better doctor because I'm able to offer more resources. It's made me a better mum because I'm more confident and I can teach my children these mindfulness techniques. I was going to say, because you've got three kids now. Yeah, so I've had another child. Um, my... You've just gone to school. How are you just gone to school. Fine, actually. First, um, first few days, I was a bit sad, but I've got over that already. No, you're over it. You should have seen me I'm when I got Jesse at school for the first time. I literally was doing like sidekicks and like, yay. 
I think it, it was weird for me because I had um, my eldest is just turned 16. So she's actually just gone off to college to start A-levels. And then the same day, my youngest just starts primary school. So, yeah, big, big age gap. That there. Such a mix of emotions. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's, it has kind of knocked me for six the last couple of weeks. I'm coming out of it now. Yeah. Um, but getting used to the free time. It's nice. But what I love. So your schedule now, you were saying to me before we actually started this call that you are practice as a GP two days a week and now mm-hmm. you've got the other days to run your album business and uh, things and be a mom and do all the things so you I love the fact that you've got that portfolio career because I'm so passionate about empowering women to have a portfolio career to have a few different things that really stoke their passion yeah absolutely I think that's really helped so yeah so I do two days a week now as a GP and I I kind of do nine till five thirty, so I don't bring it home with me anymore just because of the type of contract I've got um I run my album business in whichever hours I want I've also got an aesthetics business so I do some Botox and fillers but I just do that I don't do a lot of that can we talk about that because um, we had a chat about this not too long ago because I was very uneducated about Botox and fillers because I was just like, I suppose it's a little bit like the industry of network marketing. People have a preconceived idea about what they think, you know, because like maybe their mom sold some, you know, door to door thing back in the 80s. And so they think that's what we do with our nowadays. So like, but I said, I actually said to you, OK, educate me. And you were explaining how. Botox is actually a good preventative measure because I was like, oh, I'm just going to leave it as long as I can before I even consider doing something. And you were like, well, actually, it's better to do it before the deep set wrinkles because it actually. Mm. So just just give us a little little bit about that. Yeah, absolutely. Gosh, we're going to cover lots of things on this call. Um, so, yeah, Botox, I think people do. You're right. have a preconceived idea, but Botox works by um, softening lines. So it, it, it relaxes the muscle so that deep lines don't form. The reason we get lines is because of contraction of our muscles over time. So, you know, as mums, if we're frowning and scowling at our kids all the time, (laughs) those lines are going to get deep. I have a very angry, like, line in my forehead. (laughs) I think that's all my scowling. Um, Definitely need some Botox there. So obviously over the time, the lines get deeper and deeper and deeper. So if you you get there and start uh, relaxing that muscle, when you're younger, before the lines get too deep, you can prevent them getting so deep, basically, rather than waiting until you're um, late. For Won't need as much. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it still works then. And a lot of my clients are kind of around the age of 50. It, it still does work. But actually having it when you're younger prevents the lines so like preventative. But obviously there's nothing that's going to sort out like you know, a lot of it's genetics, but also a good diet and lifestyle is going to go a long way because having mm-hmm. recently turned 40 people go, going, you don't look 40. And I'm like, oh, bless you. Thank you. Like I do really look after my skin and SPF and drink lots of water. So yeah, I'm very proud of like doing it, but you know, I'm, I'm not saying I wouldn't, but also you um also really educated me because again, unfortunately nowadays, like a lot of people are like, oh, Botox and fillers. But we were talking about the fact that because you're a doctor or dentists as well, because you're really trained on the facial muscles that like, you need to be very careful about who you go to because people need to understand like how all the muscles. And so if anything yeah, was wrong, like the facial stuff, it was fascinating what we're talking about. <laughs> 
yeah, I think it's really important if you are thinking about doing anything, you know, having needles stuck in your face, that you go to somebody who really does know what they're doing and has a background in medicine or dentistry and knows the muscles, knows where all the blood vessels lie, where knows where all the nerves are. Can you imagine? Uh, That's what freaks me out. It's like, I feel like every man and his dog is offering it nowadays. I'm like, mm-hmm. you know, I if you're gonna put needles near my face, I want to know that you are a qualified person to do it. Yeah, I think you know, there's one thing going and getting a, a, a certificate in a day that tells you how to put um, Botox or whatever, um, you know, any kind of anti wrinkle injections into your face. But it's another thing, really knowing. <laughs> why you're putting it there and why you're not putting it somewhere else and also if you put it there and you have an adverse reaction how to correct it and sort it and you know do all the things anyway exactly we, we could we could do a whole episode in fact we probably should do a whole episode on both it's really important but I just want to I want to circle back around and talk to you because I know one of the things I love about your TikTok account like you very much about getting your motor back is the journey that you've been on with perimenopause and it's a subject mm-hmm. that I'm really passionate about because so many women especially they're sort of 30 heading into their 40s are perimenopausal and can be for a very long time it really affects them and I think we always think like menopause is coming in our 50s but we don't realize the impact perimenopause and I know you've really been hit Mm -hmm. hard by that and have really put a lot of coping strategies in place so if you wouldn't mind sharing a bit with us yeah I think you know, we know it's coming to all of us, but nothing can really prepare you for all of the symptoms that suddenly hit because, you know, I have worked on myself a lot over the last four or five years through personal development, through working on my gut health and being as healthy as I possibly can. Yeah, you've had a real but, transformation, like you're physically, like physically as well. Mm, yeah, absolutely. And that's all just really from focusing on gut health, which is something, you know, we're both really passionate about. But then, it was probably about somewhere over the, year, the last year, 18 months. So I'm 43 now. But it's some, yeah, somewhere between the okay. year. I thought you were younger than me. No, I'm older than you. You look amazing. Thanks. <laughs> and my Botox has worn off. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so. Yeah, so somewhere in the last year, 18 months, I started noticing a lot of changes. You know, my for me, like my hair has got really thin. It started falling out. I'm actually to the point I'm worried that I'm getting bald patches. Um, my skin has changed. Um, I started to find that my body shape changed. I've become a lot. I've always had quite an hourglass type figure. Um, but I've noticed that my I'm starting to get a bit squarer. I'm <laughs> looking in the mirror thinking that this doesn't look like my body. Um, starting to get hot sweats, um, uh, palpitations, joint aches and pains. I was getting and to some points where I can't put my wedding ring on. And, you know, it all fell into place that actually this is the start of perimenopause. Yeah, and obviously you have brain fog, because that's a big one for a lot of people. Yeah, brain fog. I think, because we're, you know, we're busy mums. We just think, oh, brain fog's a bit normal. You, you just kind I'm of... I going to say, we probably are just... I probably wouldn't even know if I do have brain fog. Because <laughs> I just think my brain is a fog sometimes. <laughs> yeah. I think... Because there's so many little symptoms that you get and a lot of these little symptoms we just we do just put up with and think oh yeah that's just it's just because I'm really busy doing all these things or it's just because I've not slept for a few nights or because my period's due whatever it is and then you suddenly piece it all together and realize actually no there's quite a lot going on this is all perimenopause um so what I realized 
is that I needed to, you know, utilize all the things that I've learned a lot more. Um, and it was April kind of this year, Easter time. I gave myself a bit of a challenge or over two weeks of just eating badly, uh, drinking quite a bit, <laughs> eating all the things that I wouldn't normally eat. Um, and my goodness, I felt horrific, but more horrific than than I would normally feel just from two weeks of eating, you know, adding gluten and things like that back into my diet. Uh, and I thought, goodness, okay, I, I've got to stop now and I really need to focus on my gut health. So what I've done since then is completely cut out gluten and really, really focused on optimizing my gut. And then I found that I've got more energy, my brain fog's gone, my joint aches and pains. I noticed that once I cut out gluten, um, really, really focused on my gut health, obviously cut out alcohol and things like that, all of these symptoms started to improve. <laughs> I was thinking clearer, I had I more sleeping better, um, but my joint aches and pains improved. My hot sweats got less. Because I was at the point of thinking, uh, you know, I might actually start HRT. But then, yeah, my symptoms all got so much better. Um, and so now I, I'm kind of delaying starting the HRT and really, really focusing even more on my gut health. Now, that doesn't mean that I don't enjoy a drink every now and then, because, of course, I do. At the weekend, I had quite a few drinks um, and the weekend before. Um, but generally, you know, 80% of the time, I am very careful and much more so than I ever was. Um, so I'm even more passionate now about really teaching people in the menopause that, you know, optimizing our gut health and really looking after our body from within can have such a huge impact. Now, of course, it doesn't replace our hormones completely. And I'm sure that I will at some point start HRT. Um, I've got one component of my HRT sorted. I've got a coil in. I've got my marina coil ready to go. And that's helped massively with heavy periods. So any women out there, most common thing that happens, we, we think that our um, periods are just going to nicely tail off, settle, get less and less and less and stop. Oh my goodness. Um, <laughs> very rarely happens, I'm sorry to say. Oh no. But the majority of women experience more erratic periods they get sh shorter cycles longer bleeding heavier bleeding clots so common um and i cannot recommend a marina coil enough that's a progesterone coil so yeah please speak to your gps if you are having you know heavy erratic bleeding because there are things that can be done for that um yeah and it, and this menopause perimenopause like you said can happen anywhere um leading up to the menopause so kind of average age of menopause is around about 51 52 which is where your periods stop but the perimenopause can be like 10 years or more before that so brilliant yay as if, as if, you know we haven't just gone through the whole childbirth getting our bodies back to some semblance of normality and now like bring the perimenopause Honestly, it just feels like it's never ending. But this is why more than ever, I'm so passionate about empowering women around their health and all aspects. I'm so grateful to you and, and how many topics we've covered there. We've gone from like 
HRT, hormone replacement therapy, perimenopause, to Botox, to like, you know, aging, to all the things is so important because these are all real things. And I think sometimes you almost feel a bit like embarrassed to ask, like, or not, don't know who to ask. So that's why I really hope this podcast is going to help people with like addressing, this is what I want from the series, like the real talk of like what people are going through, heavy periods, like, Oh my goodness, so many people are struggling with that right now. So yeah. definitely, definitely so important. And I love what you said there about 80% of the time, it's like the healthy habits. Uh-huh. And 20% of the time is the sort of the living. And that I feel with that, you're never having to then that get back on track, you know, like that whole ethos and guilt and diet cycle. It's like actually, it's just about having that healthy habits 80% of the time. Yeah, it's and habits, you know, for everything. It's not just eating habits. I was thinking about this this morning because another thing that actually I find quite irritating is that so many busy mums say, "Oh, I've never no time for myself. I have no time to put my makeup on. No time to do this." I'm sorry, but you know, I'm busy. I have three kids. You'll never see me leave the house in the morning without makeup on and dressing nicely because it's important to me and it's a habit. And it takes me five minutes. So, you know, one of my habits in the morning is, is always been to make my bed. Another habit is to put my makeup on. Um, yeah. And that doesn't have to be like hours. It can be, you know, some CC cream, blush, a mascara, lip gloss. You're done. It's five I know, minutes. I know. I love that makeup in five, like set from Arbonne is brilliant because it is literally like takes me two minutes to do. Like I, I, I think I'm the same. I remember saying to my husband before I had my little girl, like, sweetheart, please don't let me let myself go. Like, I think that was my biggest fear is when I became a mum that I would not have the time to look after myself because it's a priority to me. And I think that's, regardless of what your habits are, it doesn't mean that you have to wear makeup or you have to, you know, those are just our habits, whatever it is. Yeah. But it's like, I think you will all have time for what's a priority to you. So if your health is a priority or your you know well-being whatever it is and I think as busy moms it's really important to balance you know what that looks like and you know last week's episode with um Rachel Bloomfield where she you know was talking about like the five minute self-care tips and like it doesn't have to take hours and hours and hours it can just be simply five minutes and how important mm-hmm. that is to so yeah I think a lot of that is tied up in self-esteem. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I think it's a big part, you know, of getting your mojo back is actually you need to feel good in yourself. So if that is brushing your hair and putting a bit of makeup on, or if it's putting some sexy underwear on, no one needs to know it's underneath. Oh you, God, it's just you. Underwear is so not sexy. That is definitely something I need to work on. Yeah, but yeah. But if you put sexy underwear on it suddenly actually makes you feel so much more powerful it does it does it does does. I think that is definitely I was saying I was actually saying was it you I was having a conversation with her I was like no I need to up my underwear game someone was telling me Victoria's Secret they love Victoria's Secrets Mm -hmm. yeah I I probably need to go shopping actually myself for some nice underwear my my underwear is very (laughs) M&S it needs to I need to up my game I need to Victoria's Secret my underwear but I, I do think that these little things just make so much. Definitely. So much- For me, it's getting my nails done. That's like my thing. And I know mm-hmm. so, the amount of times people will say to me, your nails are so lovely. Oh, and I, like, I want to be like, oh, thank. And then the next sentence that comes out of their mouth is like, 
oh, I wish I had time to get my nails done. So unfair for someone to like on your like happiness. And it's like, yeah, I do prioritize having my nails done. I go every two weeks. It's an hour long appointment. And so, yeah, like people might think, well, that's a waste of time and money. But it's not to me because it's my priority. It makes me feel good. And every single time I look down my hands every day, my nails look lovely. And that gives me like a little jolt of dopamine and like, oh, like I'm worth it. Yeah, absolutely. You have to do things. You have to prioritize you and have little things that make you feel good, whatever that is. It's different for all of us. But just think, you know, like what little tweaks can you make? Your TikTok has got some great tips and tricks and hacks that people can go and have a look at a little mojo, get your mojo back and, you know, all that kind of thing. And it's just, um, I'm so excited for people to, to learn more about you and explore. But before we before we end today, I have got a quick fire round for you. I can just see people who are listening around like, ha ah, I love this part. Like Wendy doesn't give them any notice and she just springs on them and she asks them a bunch of questions that they've had no time to prepare. <laughs> don't worry. Don't be scared. Don't be scared. So I'm just going to ask you a few questions. You have to give me the first answer that comes to mind. Okay. They're easy. They're easy ones. Right. First up. Favorite movie, all time favorite movie, Beauty and the Beast. Love Beauty a bit of Disney. Beast. Ah, I love it. What the original, like the animated, or original? Yes, yeah, my favorite. Oh, love Belle. <laughs> my daughter. Such a as well. fairy tale. It's love a beautiful it. story, actually. I do love it. It's one of my favorite in terms of all those kind of princess tales and things. It is one of my favorite. I love it. She's a very strong woman as well. Like yes. it takes no prisoners, like stands mm-hmm. up, she leaves it. And I love it. Right. Favorite, get in the mood, dance, like song, get your energy up, like all time favorite song. Oh my gosh. I've got so many. I know it's such a hard question. Uh, I don't actually know what to say for that one. Uh, I'm going to say one of my favorites is Titanium by David Guetta. I like Yes. I am Titanium. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I'll, I'll always subject you to like my okay. ending on that. Um, right. Favorite drink, favorite tipple. That changes. I'm into tonic at the moment, but I also love an Aperol spritz. An Aperol spritz. Love that. I've, I think I've already had that once in my life. I'm like, but it oh. always sounds very like, you say can I have an Aperol spritz. It sounds very posh. I love it. It's very refreshing though from memory. It is, but quite dangerous. <laughs> is it? Yeah, yeah, just like drinking it like juice. Yes. Uh, favorite all-time Arbonne product. Oh, that's really hard. I know. You have to though. You have to choose one. Gotta be Fistics, hasn't it? I know that's what I would say okay so let me make it because this is a bit mean for you because obviously you're very into sort of dermatology what's your favorite skincare and then what's your favorite nutrition okay so you've said Fistics what's your favorite skincare uh Dermazol's Pure Pads I love them you absolutely have caviar them. lime in they're amazing amazing, yeah. amazing. they're I'll great for like hormonal breakouts around your jawline oh, just amazing. clear instant Good to know. I love it. I love all these little extra value-add tips we're getting today. Right, your easy go-to quick supper, like to feed the family, like just quick, quick. I'm so bad at cooking. <laughs> uh, spag bowl or a chili, either one of those. Do you know, we've had the chili answer from, from our first episode guest, Meg McLean. She said a chili. 
I was like, really? Is that really quick and easy? Like, I feel yeah. like there's a lot of chopping in that. But spag ball, yeah, that's what we're having for dinner tonight, actually, because that is a good batch cook. Frozen chopped onions. That's the best hack I ever <laughs> learned. Ever. I know they're more yeah. expensive, but like who can, life yes. is short to chop onions, man. I, I agree. As soon as I discovered those, I'm like, I can make anything really quickly. Well, I have a whole freezer full of frozen veg and stuff. So I buy like, and it's actually much cheaper and much more nutritious because it's frozen at the source. So I have like frozen mm-hmm. peppers, I have frozen spinach, I have frozen mushrooms, like all these things. And actually when my veg is like, if I've got fresh veg that's about to go, I like chop it up and just freeze it, like especially courgette or mushrooms or things like that. Because again, when you're time poor, it's so easy to throw those in the pan and just go for it. So I'm glad it's so- not just knows the chopped onions one <laughs> okay final question is what is your I think you've kind of already answered this but I'll I'll let you sort of give it your top top tip for like busy working mum do something that makes you happy every day dance dance in the kitchen because if you yeah, actually, make- again that is a theme here we had this because like yeah because she said like get up. she said move like move your body whatever that looks like yeah. like dance we were saying about you know kitchen dance parties are the best yeah I agree with that I think do something that brings you joy I think there's a lot mm-hmm. of like the mojo joy bring you back you know it's it is about coming back to joy I actually have a podcast episode I've done about that it's like how to find your joy mm-hmm. and it's about just it is focusing on things that you enjoy and like doing those every day. And like, even if you're the most burnt out you could feel right now, like slowly but surely it does bring you back to life. 100%. Yeah. You can never underestimate a, a boogie to your favorite tune. <sighs> Well, thank you so, so much. I could talk to you for days. Like we could talk, we could cover so many more topics and I think we definitely have to do that Botox episode and more on perimenopause. But you've got like, because I know you've got such fantastic advice and tips on that. I know that people can go and follow you on social media. So where is the best place for people to connect with you? Yeah, if you head over to my TikTok, there's lots of advice on menopause there specifically. Um, but I do also I roll on a few of those videos. Like, what's <laughs> what's one of your videos is like ridiculous. Not quite viral. It's like a few hundred thousand. It's not quite. Oh, viral. just a few hundred thousand <laughs> views on my video. You know, that's what you do. What can people find you on on TikTok? What's under uh, the Mojo Maker? The mojo, um, the mojo maker yeah so that's a brand that I kind of started in the last couple of years we'll see where that takes me um but I also have a private Facebook community called where's my mojo at and in there I share just lots of tips on self-care and mindset things and talk a bit about gut health all different things that, that help you get your mojo back I love it. Amazing. Well, Erica, like, as I say, I could talk to you forever. I've loved everything that you've shared today. And I know so many mums in this community would have got so much. Thank you for being so honest about your story and your struggles, like going through divorce and you know, EP and all that. Because I just think it's so important that when we share our vulnerability, mm-hmm. we really, truly do empower and help other people. So thank you so much. There'll be there'll definitely be someone that's listening to this today thinking, okay, if she can get through it. I can get through it. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's that's the thing. When you look at anything, it's like, if she can, so can I. That's one of my mottos. But thank you so much for having me on as well. I feel like we have covered so much. It's been a bit all over the place. But hopefully, it's a normal conversation between me and you. But no, I am so grateful. Thank you so much, Erica. 
Thank you for tuning in today. I am so grateful for you. If this episode has resonated, make sure you visit wendygriffith.co.uk to discover more of my content and my fantastic free resources to support you in thriving. Or if you'd like to continue the conversation further, drop me a DM via Instagram at wendygriffithlivehealthy. I'd love to hear from you. Until next time, keep thriving. Thriving.